This episode is proudly sponsored by Squadron Posters. Stay tuned for a discount code you can use on your next order. She's beauty and she's, she's grace. She's missing United States. And we've got some laundry on your side. That looks nice. Wow. Um, well, we're in a closet. So that's actually, <laughs> I don't have a dresser because I'm poor. So <laughs> you are not. I just have it. I have it in these hanging baskets. I honestly, like I was telling Pete the other day, I was like, I haven't had a fucking dresser since I think we've been married. Like, Really? I didn't have one in the Igo house. Like our first, you've been in that house. I never had one there. Yeah. I didn't have one in Korea. And like, this is, and then on base, I didn't have one. And then this is what I'm like, I, next fucking house. I have, I need to be a grown up and have like a freaking dresser. I love that you just redid your backyard for like 30K or whatever, but you, you know, what's not that, okay. but I mean, maybe <laughs> collectively was. with the other things. <laughs> It was 26. Okay. <laughs> it was 29, nine. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a dresser can't do it. Yeah. 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 No, I know. That's weird. It's weird where we draw the line. Same mm-hmm. here. Like we don't have blinds. We just mm-hmm. like, or we have like those like real shitty ones that like we're going to have to address before we move. And mm-hmm. like we haven't. And mm-hmm. we probably won't until yeah. months before we move <laughs> for the photos. <laughs> We only on those blinds. I know Pete came over. He's like, "Ooh, you guys have the lame blinds too." <laughs> oh God, this sucks so hard. Get off oh, me! I hate him so much. Get off me! I, I'm pretty sure like every home in Vale has the same blinds. <laughs> Probably. You buy like off-brand pasta, but you have a putting green in the backyard. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we try to save where we can. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's gluten-free, right? It doesn't matter what brand. It yeah, is. as long as it's gluten-free. Oh. <laughs> You know, gluten-free, dairy-free, Jesus. egg-free, paleo, you know, whatever, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to have Laura and Pete over for dinner. Yeah. yeah no. you know, that's what we like. Yeah. You uh, make your go-to, uh, what is it? A veggie dish? Yeah. She roasted <laughs> vegetables for me. I roasted veggies. Laura, like, roasted what are you thin? I'm like the, the same thing I bring every time. Yeah. Because yeah, there's no other. <laughs> I mean, they are really. I do like the They're veggies. really good. They are really good. <laughs> and it tears up my insights later, but I enjoy it. <laughs> Don't tell her that. No, I meant like it's a lot of it fiber. It makes me very regular. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, like I I enjoy eating them. Mm-hmm. My butt doesn't enjoy the aftermath. I see. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to eat some then. Or give it to Kenny. Give it to Kenny. Plenty of fiber, Kenny. lifetime supply. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks for coming back on the show. We're yeah. excited to have you back. I'm so grateful to be here. Perfect yeah. timing. Kids are snoozing, and it's like mm-hmm. raining a little bit outside, so that feels kind of yeah. cool. Are you wearing a dress for us? No, no, just a a fancy top. Yep. A nice top. Yeah, Mm. you guys can't see the bottom, so I get to do whatever I want down there. (laughs) (laughs) Is she wearing bottoms? The world may never know. Never know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's just like, I have no pants on. None. That's the virtual Not even underwear. It's just topping up. Full on porky pig in it. (laughs) (laughs) You got your fun bun and your mun bun out. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, your trainer and your stainer. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Well, for those that are listening in, uh, we're joined today by a special guest, uh, Megan, Dr. Megan. She is, she's been on the show before and we're just so excited to have her back. She was super popular the last time she was Very on the show. Very popular. Yeah. So uh, we're just happy you're here. Hey, Megan. Hey. Hi. Hey, girls. Hey. Yeah. It's been a little while. Happy I feel help. like since. Yeah. I, yeah. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. When was the last time you saw Megan? What? Oh, someone's birthday party is always a fair guess it, well it is a fair guess i mean geez <laughs> yeah is it just we have all the children or the kids are having more than one birthday party a year because it seems like every week it's there's a lot. yeah it's a lot yeah, at least one's and, and your day. kids are having a birthday party next weekend oh, yeah. <laughs> so we got another so all the parties man woohoo yeah with my kids at the same time because we're certainly not doing two birthday parties in the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get that i get that we just went to one <laughs> yesterday night and it was at peter piper pizza and i told pete leaving i was like if we if we get COVID, it's from there like yeah, yeah. or hand foot and mouth yeah it was definitely nothing was clean no every surface had like a type of patina on it it was so disgusting it was, like a petri dish it was yeah. yeah and if we don't that or like we're gonna get like airborne syphilis or something i don't know it's Is that it was thing? wild yeah that and like most of the games were broken when we went and we just went to a kid's birthday party yeah and like most of the games were broken right so like you stick all your tokens in there and then you don't even get tickets you lose your tokens and the tickets yeah you don't get any sort of prize <laughs> you're like this isn't worth the risk it's not worth the risk point. yeah yeah and i want to keep track of my kids right you know i feel like that's like the perfect setting for someone mm -hmm. to take them <laughs> Yes, that is yeah. true. No, like you blink yeah. and you, you can't even find them. They're running around like madmen. Charlotte just kept coming up and being like, more coins, more coins. It's like, oh God, God. here. <laughs> yeah. She went through, you know, you go through like $30 worth of coins oh for God. them to get like a plastic dinosaur figurine. You're I like, well, that was a bouncy great. ball. I'm like, wow, yeah. that was a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was it was a lot of work for bouncing ball that cost five cents. I know. There was this place growing up in Dallas called Fun Fest, and oh. it had like a bowling alley, laser tag, and then the games. And I decided that I wanted to save up so that I could get a really big prize. Yeah. And I saved you guys, I'm not kidding you, 10 years worth of tokens that I'd won or tickets that I'd won, right? Who does that? You saved I them? saved them. I had like you might I'm, be the only kid that's I'm not ever kidding saved. you. I had like 69,000 point token things. Tickets. What can you get with that? They had like autographed, like they had um the Cowboys yeah. team, uh signed football and like uh -huh. all this amazing stuff, right? And I remember going up there with dad and we were like, okay, today's the day. And yeah. like basically all the good stuff was gone. And then we're like, well, okay, we'll wait till next time to see if there's anything good. And then they closed. Shut up. Yep. They like went out, went of, business. out of business. <laughs> wow. I wonder if everybody else. So let's talk about that, Megan, how that makes oh, me that, feel You know today. what? That's actually um, a good one. You know, because yeah. that sounds like a lot of childhood that, trauma. That was a lot to get. I mean, that was, you know, a decade worth of effort. Yeah. To I, save up. I'm more concerned <laughs> about the fact that you had a long game at such it, a young age. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I can't remember if I've talked about it, but I also had a yeah. side pencil business. What? Yeah, I sold pencils at my school. Oh. Mm -hmm. Did people actually buy them? They did. Yeah, they they bought them. Um, because if you 
put your 25 cents into the machine, you didn't know which one you were getting. Me, I would pre-buy the pencils and it was five more cents a pencil, but you could pick out which one you wanted. Yeah. Very business savvy and like patience and tolerance and a sense of control. I mean, like those are valuable things that most of us don't have until we're like, I don't know, 24 minimum. (laughs) I don't know. I was just bored and kind of weird and probably tired of collecting Pokemon cards. (laughs) I never got because like I didn't know what to do with them. Like I, you know, they were for fighting, and you you know, you fight, you get the Scargar one. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I know. I don't know. Pikachu, and then you're supposed to fight that. And I didn't know any of it. I just collected. I had this book that just collected them. So what do you mean? I just you can only were you that kid that had like fifteen thousand Beanie Babies too? No, no, I didn't. I did have the mullet though. It was just a confusing time, you know. And then like long jean shorts that would really hug the thigh. And I then feel just like you're sitting, you're sitting on like a virtual couch right now. just giving like Dr. Megan kind of a, I'm just trying to paint a, a picture of what of you know, I'm on the couch, your childhood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to switch spots. I can be in the closet. You can be on the couch. We can do this. I'm just trying to paint a picture, man. I know, you know? I get it. It was just, I'm just, I'm so, yeah. so I had my side pencil, my side pencil mm-hmm. business. Love that. Savvy. Business savvy. Dr. Megan, uh, I did a terrible job introducing you. So do you mind just giving us a little little uh, summary of, of you? Totally. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Megan Rice, I've been in the field, the mental health field for about 10 years. So a decade. I have worked in like every place known to man, anything from correctional facilities to psych wards to community mental health to now I've morphed into primarily telehealth. Uh, so during COVID I've been able to work with clients from the comfort of their own home. I get to be in my own home. Sometimes I can wear pants or not wear pants or nothing on the bottom matters. Uh, Mm -hmm. that feels good. Yeah. So, um, I've slowly gone towards working primarily with couples. And so I found my niche there. I feel like we learn so much about ourselves by understanding the dynamic that we have with our most intimate partnerships uh, friendships, acquaintances, uh, you know, our intimate relationships that we have relationships with family members. It just seems like there's just so much insight there. And so, you know, I would work with clients individually and we'd hit a point where they're like, you know, I just have this dysfunctional relationship with my mom, or I have this dysfunctional relationship with my sister, or, you know, I'm looking to improve my, uh, marriage in some shape or form. And so it got to a place where I was doing more than just individual work anyway, by talking about these different people that were in these individual lives. And so I was like, why not just have like the intimate partnership in the room with us at the same time, you know, on the screen with us at the same time. And so I have really enjoyed that. I have um, now recently started doing couples retreats and couples workshops all virtually through lasting. I also train other therapists how to work the dynamics of telehealth through Talkspace. So two different online apps that both provide some degree of mental health treatment. And I can focus on couples in both of those spots and, and really hone in and then help other therapists kind of navigate that area as well. So yeah, I, obviously I'm a mill spouse too. So <laughs> that, that's another layer uh, where I get to add all of those uh, coping skills, those mechanisms, those resources that I've had throughout uh, what are we, eight years, almost eight years as a mill spouse and then 10 years as a mental health professional. And so kind of merging those lanes into 
now I'm just a huge valuable resource for anyone who's looking for like moving all the time and navigating the relationship, uh, the murky waters of deployments in the relationships, adding kids to their families and navigating that, you know, try to still carve out space for their relationships. So it's taken on many different forms, but I think I still keep coming back to, I think we need to learn how to navigate our relationships with other people. And we do that and we find a better us. We find a, a more refined version of ourselves, I think. So you said that you do a lot of relationships. So is it typical for them to be in a session together? Do you do a one-on-one first? Does it depend on what they need? How does that work? Yeah, I try to rotate. So I start off with the couple together. Obviously, I want both sides of the story from the get-go, right? So, you know, there's not misinterpretation. There's not, you know, kind of a clouded lens. I get everything out on the table with the first session with both parties, and then I'll switch. And then I'll say, hey, can I um, just have a session individually with one of you? And then the next time after that, we'll do the other partner that didn't have the individual session the, the second time. And then I rotate back to the couple structure. So I tried to do like a couple, one partner, the other partner, the couple structure again. Um, that seems to be the most effective way just so I can get like the in-depth details from each partner with their individual session, but then also collectively come together and iron out the, the details, right? So like sometimes, like I said, I mean, we're all entitled to our own perception. It's not necessarily that it's wrong. It's just a different version that our partner would tell. So we're constantly kind of like clearing up the details when we bring it back to the couple structure. Uh, But nice to also explore deeper level intimate details that maybe not are coming out right away in the partnership dynamic together. So um, just leaves more room, leaves more room to, to be a little bit more intimate with me and then slowly work those deeper levels of intimacy back to the partnership itself with me in the room, virtual room as a means of kind of like moderating um, and mediating that relationship. So you can tell you have a passion for it and you have a lot of experience for it. So if you were in your perfect scenario and you could think of any two people, whether that be, I don't know, a married couple, a mom, a daughter, what would be your ideal, like, what is your favorite type of couple to talk to and work through? Mm, My favorite kind of couple. I like the spunky ones. I was trying to think like characteristically what exactly that looks like. I really like people that are different. So in the partnership, very different characteristics on both sides. I really do think that opposites and not necessarily opposites, but very different personalities attract in a better way than combining two of like very similar traits together. And I think about, you know, uh, specific traits, introversion versus extroversion, right? Usually there's a a member of the couple, a member of the partnership that's a little bit more extroverted than the other one, right? But if we like had two really significantly introverted people in the same relationship, there's nobody that's kind of like pushing that introversion out into the world, right? Saying, hey, we should go to that birthday party or we should, you know, hang out with that group of friends or we should go grab drinks, you know, with the these people that are flying into town. There's nobody kind of pushing that dynamic a little bit to, to make us the best version of ourselves. But when we put like a truly extroverted person and a truly introverted person together, that introvert is like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, you know, like let's break out of our shell. And the introvert is like, nah, I'm good. But we, we like meet in the middle somehow. And the introvert is there to say, 
hey, extrovert, like, I think we need to like tone it down a little bit. I think we're getting like a little too crazy. Maybe we're drinking a little bit too much. Maybe we're partying a little bit too much. Maybe we're just like out in the world and like not such a fantastic way. So it's like the reining in and then encouraging the introvert to kind of branch out a little bit. It's just a nicer dynamic for me to work with that because I can play on each each of the partnership strengths. Well, that makes sense. So yeah, Ryan, I feel like Ryan's extroverted. Pete's definitely an introvert. I'm just thinking <laughs> you about think, it around. You think Ryan's extroverted? I mean, he's a very friendly guy. I'm not saying he's not friendly. But I mean, but... between the two of you, you're definitely more extroverted. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. And I mean, I think it's funny because I feel like we are yin and yang, but it's interesting. When we're in a smaller group, I have no qualms at all about like, I say smaller, but you know, 20 and under right? Like I shine. I have no problem meeting anybody talking about anything. It doesn't matter how far from me you are. Like I will find it. We'll get there. Let's talk about it. But then you get me in front of a hundred people and give me like a microphone and I would just not know what to do. Ryan, if he sees that, you know, 30 ish person, 20 person group, he tends to take a step back, but like to talk at a wedding or it's like nothing for him. That's interesting. I've heard that actually. I've heard a lot of, mm-hmm. not necessarily famous, but I have a lot of uh, professional clients that are speakers or, you know, mm-hmm. professional CEOs and in different ways also talk about how they can like switch into a different character uh, when they're mm-hmm. in front of lots of people, you know, kind of like looking over the audience and they teach you this in speech therapy is to look at the audience and like pretend they're all naked. Right. So like think of people as like, just this big conglomeration, not individually judging you or criticizing you right. or, you know, like having, having their eyes on you. But then when we switch to the intimate settings, I've also heard that same CEO or speaker say like, wow, I just kind of like freeze up a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I have to like now balance, you know, between my conversation and other people's conversation. I have to be receptive to like other people's cues. I have to pay attention to tone and So I think it becomes a little bit more complicated for people to pay attention in a um, close-knit circle in comparison to like the larger audiences. Um, I'm sure you could attest to that, Laura, in some ways with, you know, being a comedian and being on stage. I'm sure that's a different persona for you in some ways. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done it in a while, but (laughs) yeah, they tell you that. Like they tell you, yeah, the same thing. Like they don't necessarily say like imagine them naked, but it's like, you have to, it's an elevated persona. It's an elevated like sense of self. You're basically, you have a character. So would so. you say Laura, that you're more comfortable on stage or in like a coffee setting? I would argue stage from what I know of you, Laura, I would argue stage, but maybe it's Probably. different from your own lens. I think it depends on the cut. Co- like, do I like the people at this coffee? <laughs> I mean, say, you know, half of them. <laughs> I probably would still probably stage. I would. Yeah. yeah. Stage or like behind a screen. Like I have no problem going mm-hmm. on Instagram stories and mm-hmm. then having those viewed like mm-hmm. thousands of times. That's not an issue. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say like smaller groups. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I've gotten more like. I feel like we're the yin and the yang in that yeah, way a little bit. Yeah. Right. Well, we talked about that in we, like a yeah, past episode. How like mm-hmm. you're good with the one-on-ones mm-hmm. and I'm good with like the. I don't know. The I haven't met them yet. So. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you don't have to fear. I think that's the nice thing too about social media. You know, the the perk is that we don't really like know those people, right? Like, yeah, like we may know some of them or a few of them, but like as far as like the intimate relationship, where 
you know, we're more prone to being judged or we're more receptive to being criticized. I don't think we have that in, in the larger sense. So um, I think it is a, a lot easier for the extroverts to just say like, yeah, globally, I'm in the zone, you know, it's not really dependent yeah. on a particular person. It's just like a, a thing. It's a, it's a global view or angle or perspective. Yeah. See, I would consider myself an extrovert, but mm-hmm. I find that scenario, right. Where I'm talking into a lens in front of a thousand people that I don't know way scarier than talking to. This is why tail hook's going to be interesting. So like, she is not used to, yeah, like that that intimidates you to like yeah, that, that's, the thousands of people. Right. So we're going to this convention in like a basically it, yeah, a month. We don't know anyone like physically, like we've never met any of these people like this. Some of them we chat with mm-hmm. um, on the social medias, but we don't know them. Um, so it'll be interesting. Cause I feel like then Sarah could be in her element. Cause then she's like having the one-on-one oh, right. interface, the yes. interaction yep. that mm-hmm. she loves. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't know how I'll home. react yeah. because actually physically meeting some mm-hmm. of these people. I don't know if I'm going to be like, ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, I won't be able to hide behind. Like going on stage, like a convention where you guys are like doing a show for people or. No, what? thank God. Oh, <laughs> no, we're just going to hang I out. Was like, what are, don't make me sing. Don't make me sing. I'll yeah. sing, but don't I'm make me. I'm actually going to see that <laughs> SNL skit with Christopher. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know if you were doing like uh, your. No one's giving me a microphone. Convention, convention center skit. Oh, thank God. I'm not doing any bits. Um, But yeah. So this year. That we're, she we're, knows we're, of. That I know of. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're going to feel it out this year, see mm-hmm. how it goes, mm-hmm. but none of these people we've met before. So yeah. it could be, you got any tips for us on how to interact with people we don't know? <laughs> oh man. I love the intimate settings. I'm right there with Sarah. Like that's yeah. totally mm-hmm. my jam. Like, can I just mm-hmm. like gather your narrative? Can we just like be in front of each other? And I just want to like ask a million questions Yeah, I'm gonna feel forced oh, to yes. answer all of them until it's like so brutally awkward because I've like stripped you of all of your information. Do you know what it is? It's like, I thrive on knowing how you're feeling about what I'm saying. And the fact that I can't see somebody behind the lens and I don't know yeah. how they're feeling about like what I'm, or, you know, if like they can relate or if I need to like go in a different direction or I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know. Yeah. So like, I need those social cues to thrive in a way. I don't know. I don't need them, but I excel yeah. knowing that we can see each other and I know kind of how they feel, you know, whereas online talking to a computer where I can't see them, I don't get that interaction. I don't get that immediate feedback. And that makes me also why you like talking on the phone more than I'm like a texter. I know you are. I'm a caller. caller. I'm going to call you. Yeah. I'm like, Oh no. Like I gotta, Sarah's calling. I I can't just text her. (laughs) I know. I know. Not that I don't like, I'd like talking to you on the phone. I do. I know. I, but yeah, I'm like, oh, I can. You've gotten better about it, I think. Uh, yeah. You've been yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're the only person I answer my phone for. You, you're other a good answer. Yeah. You know what I love to do is like someone leaves me a voicemail and I like text them back to the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hey, hey, thanks for the phone call, but uh, I, I'm going to respond to you. Gonna, in, I'm not going to call in you. In descriptive detail via text. <laughs> Yeah, but to be fair, usually when I call, it's like business related. It and it's just faster to just talk it out than I to just sit there and. I'm just a texter. Because that's what it sounds like. Lazy as shit. And just like. 
I did give some pointers, um, you know, for like the intimate dynamics, Laura, that isn't necessarily your jam. I would say like, go for the narrative, you know, just like I talked about, you know, that kind of being my thing, obviously I'm in a therapist role, so that's my job. Um, But I think like, even in the real world, I think asking people intimate details about their lives, or even if you want to do surface level details about their lives, like everybody wants to talk, right? Like everybody is fully capable of talking about themselves. <laughs> and in fact, you have to be somewhat careful sometimes because you'll get someone that's really into talking about themselves, not just like mediocre level talking about themselves. Um, I just like, and you say intimate details and I'm thinking like, I could just imagine Sarah going up to somebody and being like, hi, my name's Sarah. When did you lose your virginity? <laughs> okay, listen, no. I think Sarah has some other skills, yeah. That would be a great way to lead into a conversation. You should try it once. At when least. was <laughs> just once? When was your last 69 sesh? <laughs> when did you last menstruate? <laughs> no, but like, yeah, for example, I was thinking like, okay, so a little bit more intimate than like, how's the weather, right? You know, it's, it's raining, which is weird for Tucson, but. Oh my like, God. If you did that upon meeting your first like person that was so excited to meet you. Oh my God, Laura. Like I love, I love what you do for the community. And I'm just, I love how you support women so much. And so the rain bummer. <laughs> right. What a bummer. They're like, this girl doesn't know how to interact with people outside of the internet. <laughs> no, but like, tell me about like your future passion, right? Mm-hmm. Like passions, hobbies, interests, like the things that like really fuel your soul. I don't think there's a person on the planet that wouldn't mind sharing that. Right. Like, yeah, I think we all have things that we're like striving for or things that we're interested in or things that we can like envision in the longer term. Like those are kind of like the more intimate things that aren't like, you know, when did you lose your virginity or, you know, tell me about your first sexual experience. Was it good, bad and different? <laughs> um, but it, it's going into like. Have you ever used a butt plug? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in you as a human. Right. So uh Tell, tell me about what you're interested in so I can jump on board with that and support you. All right. So, so maybe don't go that aggressive. So don't, yeah. Don't do but that. Like meet in the middle, you know, okay. like it depends on the person. Yeah. Totally depends. What the if their hobbies are that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. We're writing this down. So we don't <laughs> we're say taking notes. Stupid when we're we taking go. notes. Well, I asked some of our followers for questions oh, for yeah. you too. Yeah. So I got a ton. I forgot about that. That was a cute uh, story. I like that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was going to ask her some advice for me. On... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm yeah. gonna, I got, you it's know, okay. you let me know. We can edit this I, a little I bit. like it's a million fine. Yeah. to go. Well, so, yeah, well, the thing I, so how, I mean, it's easier said than done, right? Yeah. But how am I more confident with my social media presence? Because I don't know, I just get anxious whenever I go to post a picture or post something or you drag me into a video or yeah. I like the amount of anxiety that I feel is real. And so what are things that I can do to alleviate some of that stress? It's so easy for me to talk to people and, you know, like mm-hmm. a coffee setting, it, people even that I don't know, but then online when I can't see their face, I find that so much more intimidating. Yeah. I think uh, that's a global problem. I don't think that's just like a you specific problem. I hear that often from people, but I think, uh, you're very emotionally intelligent, right? What I've gathered from you is that you're looking towards the emotional expression and you're looking towards the tone, you're looking towards the, you know, different changes in affect, you know, as, as people are talking or communicating. 
So like you're using that as a reinforcer, which is perfect, perfect in a real life setting. You're saying that when you switch over to like either a photo of you or a live interaction on social media where like people could potentially look at you and view you some sort of way, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. That's where the anxiety is kicking in. I guess so. So what's the fear? You know, if we thought about like the root of that fear, Mm -hmm. what happens when you put yourself in front of other people? Do they think that you're a loser? Do they think that, you know, you should just boogers and I don't know it. I don't know. (laughs) Boogers and I don't know it. (laughs) Boogers. Right. Like they say the fear of rejection, right? Like the fear of other people rejecting us is greater than the fear of death. So if you like really think about that. Mm that's a pretty serious fear, right? Like that's the greatest fear in the world is that other people reject us. Mm -hmm. I would argue that that's probably the same fear for you is that Mm -hmm. you're concerned about putting yourself out there. And then other Mm -hmm. people saying like, Oh, Sarah needs to get off the screen or like Sarah is not Mm -hmm. destined to be in this field or like Sarah is just not cutting it. Right. So like I could think Mm -hmm. about like the varying degrees of rejection that people could potentially have. But my flip side to that. So when we're thinking about like talking ourselves off the ledge, my flip side is like, why do I care? Right. So like, why do I care? Someone, thousands of people think I'm a loser or why do I, why do I care if like all these people that don't actually know me, like the intimate details of me or the positive things that I offer the world or uh, know me and love me in a, a deeper intimate way, why do I care? Right. So like, I think that it's great. Why? Why? Right. Tomb. Why? I'm going to put a pin in it and I'm going to think on that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'd like to think of, you know, and this is not religious in nature at all, but I like to think about like this devil and this angel kind of like sitting on our shoulders. Right. And they're like having a debate. Right. Right. And obviously we want the angel to win because the angel's got like a whole good bunch of good stuff for us. They've got the the positive reinforcement and they've got the self-worth and the self-esteem and they've got the, you know, you're just killing this, right? Like you're going on screen, you're killing this. And like, who cares what other people think about you? And then we've got like this devil uh, that's saying, oh yeah, Sarah, are you sure you want to do this? Because like, you could mm-hmm. like, really mess it up. Like maybe you stutter or like, maybe you, you know, mm-hmm. overlook the right word or maybe you offend mm-hmm. people or maybe you're no mm-hmm. good and maybe you should just get off the mm-hmm. screen. Right. So like we're having this debate, but I'd like to think about like actual evidence that we have to support if, if the devil wants to get going, do we have any evidence to support all of these ramblings that he, she is coming up with? And I would mm-hmm. argue that most of the time we don't, right? So like if we're, if we're going in front of a judge and we're portraying our evidence, you know, like things that the angel's saying or things that the devil's saying, like what, what are we going to get in terms of a judge saying like we have enough evidence to prove one side or the other? Because most of the time when we actually look at it, we're going to have more evidence to support the good things about us. Like we're, we're going to have more concrete pieces of stuff that we can work with on the good side than we are the negative side. Yeah. I dig it. That makes sense. So why do we care? I mean, we, we right. care because we don't want to be rejected, but if we have more evidence to support the fact that we're not going to be rejected, is it really fair for us to keep going down the rabbit hole of being scared of rejection? Sure. How do you get out of that spiral though? Cause like, it's, I, I get that concept. Like that makes complete sense to me, but then like old habits mm-hmm. and like wanting to. Cause so when you're obsess. in a social situation, uh-huh. is that sort of how you feel sometimes or no? <sighs> I think I don't know about in a social situation. Well, maybe because there's times where like 
I'll say stuff and I'm like, I wonder if I offended that person. And they're mm-hmm. just like smiling because they don't know what, <laughs> what to say. <laughs> but, and then I have like the, also the flip side of like the social media angle where I'm like, why do I care so much that like for praise, like, you know, where I'll like, I'll post a video and I'm like, it didn't perform as well as I wanted. And then I'm like, why am I caring so much, like putting so much stock in like how many likes or shares or comments I got, like in the grand scheme of things, it is stupid, you know, to, to put that much stock in like a video. And like, you could even be taking it one step further to say, like, if I don't get a certain amount of likes, I'm less valuable, right? Like you could Mm -hmm. even, because you have like such a, a personal attachment to your business, which we all do. I mean, we can't necessarily get away from that. I think you would argue that like a like or not getting a like is a reflection of you as a person when it has nothing to do with you whatsoever. Yeah, totally. I, I, that's probably the big, deep rooted issue, I guess. It's like, yeah. if I don't perform a certain way that somehow reflects on me as a person. Yeah. Like people don't like me rather than people are just not impressed with that particular meme or that video or that Instagram yeah. live or that, you know, whatever we're doing on social media, which is a great exercise to practice. Honestly, is us detaching from everything that happens negatively in the world as a reflection of our character and more so just a maybe the weather was really cruddy, you know, all over the world. And people were kind of like lost in the cruddy weather, right? Like, we don't know if it's a weather thing. We don't know if it's like a, maybe people are scared about the political realm, you know, in in some sort of way. And they're just like, not super hyped up about social media that day or that hour for that meme. It's just not a reflection of your character. It's harder to like uh, implement, but I I like everything that you're saying. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. Trying to actually, you know, implement that is the trickiest part it is yeah and it is hard when you have anxiety I mean as somebody who's suffered from anxiety anxiety. and depression you know I've taken meds my for a good chunk of my life that um that rabbit hole of thoughts that twirling spiraling downhill when it starts with one thing and then it kind of sometimes leads to something else which leads to something else which you know and I think sometimes when I post how I feel on Facebook, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. I'm just, it just that anxiety. I just have a hard time alleviating that yeah. pressure that I've put on myself, maybe um, that I just don't feel in typical face-to-face interactions. I mean, sometimes I would rather go into an interview, right? Like I would rather go into a job interview oh, than like what I like I to hop on all Facebook live and Tell them, tell them and, you know, and just tell, tell them. them, just tell them. I mean, a job interview can be very intimate and like very nice. And like the job interviews that I've gone to or the job interviews that, you know, I'm interviewing other people to work for us. Um, I really enjoy those. You know, you get to right. practice your emotional intelligence and, you know, have the the tone changes and the emotional expressions and, right. you know, the the feel like you get the feel, the vibe of one particular person or two particular people. I can understand mm-hmm. how like you'd rather go to an interview than jump on the social media. But I wanted to say that like, so I tell my clients that you need to think about like being in a, in a courtroom, right? So like, is the judge going to take your evidence to support your anxiety in a serious way? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to say like, nah, I mean, it's not enough evidence. I mean, we can't even like carry forward with that case. So we start with that, right? So that kind of like trips us up a little bit in terms of getting out of the rabbit hole. And then I think we do something to distract ourselves away from the train of thought, because like 
you guys know the train of thought, especially with anxiety, just kicks, kicks in overdrive and it keeps going and it keeps going. And it, it, it feels relentless in a lot of ways. Um, sometimes it feels like it even overpowers us and our ability to control it. But I try to help my clients insert like a distraction technique. You know, when we really feel like we're going down the rabbit hole, can we do like intensive exercise for 15 minutes? Can we do like burpees, mountain climbers, jumping jacks? Can we uh, take a hot shower? Can we splash cold water on our face? Can we like stick our hand in a bucket of ice water um, just to like pay attention to the temperature and the sensation? Can we do some box breathing? Can we like inhale to account of four, hold it for account of four, exhale to account of four, just as a means of like, you can't do these things and also pay attention to your rabbit hole. Like our, our brain doesn't work like that. You know, patting, patting your head and rubbing your stomach at the same time. It's kind of like that where your brain can't do both of those things at once. So sometimes it's nice to be like, you know what? Anxiety, uh, I'm in control of you. You're not in control of me. And so watch me as I do some other technique, distraction method uh, to trip you up a little bit and get you out of that zone. I think that's great advice. I think that's something that a lot of our listeners, I mean, have anxiety, that rabbit hole anxiety for whatever reasons, right? Can really take back and do, right? So take 15 minutes and just do something else and try to tunnel like all of that negative sort of thought into something positive for 15 minutes and then see how that affects the previous train of thought. And you're saying a lot of times that it definitely, it helps. And like basically an exercise in mindfulness, right? Like you're, you're grounding yourself in something else. Certainly. And it's, it's to really, like I said, overpower um, our feelings of helplessness, our feelings of lack of control that says like, Mm -hmm. okay, anytime I go down a rabbit hole, I get stuck there and then I get terrified and then I panic and I freeze and I just don't ever come out of it instead of feeling like it's just taking us under its wing and running with us. I want to feel like, okay, I have some control of it. Maybe it's not perfect, Uh, Maybe it'll never be perfect, but I can keep going through these distraction techniques at least and feel like some degree of relief there. And that gives me a little Mm -hmm. hope saying that like, ah, okay, I, I can, I can overpower this rather than this control and running with me. Right. I'm in control of it. It's not in control of me. Same thing, uh, you know, with my couples that are fighting, right. You know, a lot of couples come to me because they just can't get out of this rut of like fighting with each other. Well, uh, same distraction techniques apply there too, saying like, okay, is it, is it too heated to the point where like both parties are emotionally unruly and we're not getting to any rational brain and therefore we're not accomplishing anything. Cause we just have two people that are going down the rabbit hole at their own pace in their own direction. And we're not actually merging ever. Hey, can we both do like some intensive exercise? Can we both do some breathing? Can we both like look in the room around us, see if we can find all the blue things in the room? right? Just to like distract a little bit away from the emotionally unruliness that doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't get us anywhere in relationships. It doesn't get us anywhere in our own head. Um, The same, same thing. It's nice that we can apply like similar tactics. Were um, any of the topics that people wrote in about, about anxiety? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Uh, Anxiety and marital. I mean, we had, we, we got a decent amount. I'm trying to find a one to, to start us off with. I mean, good night. Looks yeah. like it a lot. I was yeah. impressed. Yeah. Looks like a hint. All right. Let's see. 
how to handle family acting like their day-to-day routine is affected by your significant other's deployment. We're talking external family or internal? I would assume it'd maybe be the significant other's family or maybe it's their family too. So like how to handle maybe their family or your family. So external acting like their day-to-day routine is affected by your spouse's deployment. Yeah, I think we could even answer that like more globally, right? Um, (laughs) I think about everyone kind of acting a fool and, and thinking that, you know, the deployments directly impact their life. Maybe they do to a certain degree. I mean, it, I, I would need like a little bit more specifics here to talk about like, you know, what scenarios in particular yeah. that they think the deployments are negatively impacting. But I think more globally, um, a lot of our lives are kind of dictated by those deployments, you know, for thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, the intimate relationship we have with our partner that's deploying, or if we think about our kids and their lives, if we're talking about a family structure with deployments, there are a lot of like direct impacts that we have as a family, but I think I would also like push that towards the external family members that, that says like, this, this is an us thing, right? Like this is a, Mm -hmm. either a me thing or my kids thing or, or my husband or partner's thing. Um, this, this is a, our thing, right? Like within Mm -hmm. our family structure, I totally understand. And I I think this is where we get into the, like, we can feel empathy for the external family members. And we can say like, I totally understand why you feel this way. I can totally understand why you'd be hurt or upset or frustrated, or, you know, the list goes on in terms of feelings, but I just want you to trust me in terms of the direct impact that that deployment has on our family. We're we're going to deal with that as a family in the best way that we know how, right? So, like, I I need a little bit of that trust um, from the external family members that say, like, we've got this. But so we we relate to them, we support them with the empathy and the sympathy, and you know, understanding their frustrations because we're living the same life. And then we go into, uh, you know, here's some boundaries in terms of like, this is a us thing that we're going to take care of. And then we'll, you know, kind of announce to you what the, the solution is or what we've decided makes the best sense for us. But then the last part of that is, uh, what do you think we could do better to accommodate the, the view that you have? You know, obviously we can't change mm-hmm. the deployment. We can't do anything about the deployment itself, but do you have a vision for our family that you think is, is right up your alley that we could, you know, sit down and work with, or, you know, have a means of accommodating. I think about, um, you know, like a regular holiday schedule. I think sometimes that can like mean so much to external family members. And, and honestly, we're doing that regular, uh, holiday schedule sometimes without our significant others, especially if they are deployed, but saying like, Hey, here's an accommodation I could make for you or work with you on. We're thinking about, you know, Thanksgiving with this type of rotation where, you know, you get the Thanksgivings or we rotate Thanksgiving and Christmas and you get one of those holidays, right? You get to pick which holiday you want. So like we, we try to find room in there, I think for our external family members feeling like they have some input. Sometimes it could just be a perceived means of input, but like leaving the door open saying like, okay, I've set the boundary on, you know, we're going to make the decision that's best for us. But at the same time, I am interested in hearing from you in terms of like how you envision particular things and then seeing how we can align. Um, So not just writing off external family members, um, 
relating to them, sympathizing with them. It is easier said than done for sure. That mother-in-law. Right. You know, one thing that is a little bit awkward that I have heard people talk about is, you know, the family member is supposed to be coming back from deployment and they're talking to their mother or father-in-law and they may say, oh, when is it again? Well, yeah, we'll absolutely be there. And then the wife feeling like, well, I don't want you. I don't think I want you there because I think I want that time with just you and me and the kids or. That's a good point. Um, I do try to encourage the the military couples, military families that I see friends, friends that I come across too. I do try to encourage like, a, I just want the information to go through me first. And then you and I together display the information to external family members. Right. So mm-hmm. like, it's not that we're eliminating communication between the de- deployed family member and their families or, you know, different people that you're, we're, they're talking to. We're just making the um, direction in which the information goes through our family first, right? Because ultimately we need to make the best decision for our families first. And then the information gets displayed together as a partnership to external anyone, right? External friends, external family, uh, acquaintances, coworkers, that type of thing. I really try to encourage couples to align first before the information is distributed outside of the, the relationship or the family. So you're saying, you know, as a couple talk about when they are potentially coming home together first and who you would possibly like to be there. Mm-hmm. And then go outward with that information once you've talked about it. As a united front. And it's too easy, right? These days, it's too easy to hop on a FaceTime or hop on a Zoom or hop on a, Mm -hmm. you know, a joint telephone call. I know for um, my husband and I and his family, you know, like we're always on the phone call together, right? Like we Skype them as a family. And so we've already talked about like what we're going to say when we call them. The same thing with my my mom and my sister, you know, like we've already decided on the information that's going out. So when we call them as a group, everybody's on the same page. So it's not like a triangulation type of move yeah. that says like deployed member goes to their family, or deployed member goes to friends. And that information is different than what goes to their significant other. And then, right. The significant other is going to get offended because the information is different. That was already displayed because it was displayed first outside of the external couple structure. It's just like so much easier <laughs> to have the information, yeah. like a funnel style built right. through so the United front, United right. front. It's amazing to me, like how many couples don't understand that if we don't align together as a team, everyone else is going to see that and take advantage of that, right? It's not even in a mean way that people take advantage of that. It's that uh, we're showing the world that we have cracks in our armor. Our kids take advantage of that. Our parents, our in-laws, friends, family, everybody will take advantage of a non-united front in a partnership for sure. And, and over time it disintegrates without us even being aware of it. Wow. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that deep. <laughs> cheers. Like part I don't know if you're drinking but... anything over there, but I cheers. Cheers. Too. I got a big Yeti. Yeah, we're good. I wanted to take
take a quick break and talk to you guys a minute about squadron posters. As a pilot spouse, I've seen my fair share of squadron schlock and bad-looking lithos over the years. Usually they're low quality and slapped on some cheap-looking frame, and I go out of my way to either lose them, hide them, or hang them in the farthest recesses of our home. But Squadron Poster's designs actually elevate my house vibe. I personally have several of their pieces, from their classic location posters that highlight where we've been stationed over the years, to my favorite, their four-foot-long aviator's map that's suspended in the middle of this cool, modern-looking floating frame. Literally, Squadron Posters currently makes up 69% of all the wall surfaces in my home right now. Their spouse-approved, high-quality prints and canvases are expertly packed, so they arrive at your home ready to hang or frame. And when TMO ruins everything that you've ever loved, which they will, don't worry because Squadron Posters products all have a lifetime guarantee. And right now, we have an exclusive deal for our podcast listeners. Use code RHFP69 at checkout for 10% off your total order and get free shipping to the lower 48. So don't miss out on this exclusive offer. Check out Squadron Posters online at squadronposters.com and use code RHFP69 at checkout for 10% off your order plus free shipping. All right, here's here's another. Spouse follows hundreds of female Instagram slash TikTok models and likes and comments. How to address that? Oh, buddy. You know, the, the details in me wants to know, like, has that ever gone further than just viewing, observing? Yeah. Um, has it gone into like reaching out to them or sending DMs or um, actually like acting on thinking yeah. that right. there's a chance? You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know exactly what, what the context is. Are you going further mm-hmm. than just this fantasy of looking at all these different models, right? Like I think about the difference between like looking at porn on a regular basis and then like not actually being able to have sexual intimacy with your partner because like you're so obsessed with this fantasy of women or men um, that you can't even like connect with real life anymore. Right. So like, I would definitely be interested in like what type of level we're talking here, but I typically like an open door policy on social media. And I I encourage that in my couples for sure. Um, This idea that says like, I want you to be able to go on my social media at any given time and like, look at what I'm looking at or look at, you know, who my friends are or look at what I'm posting or look at the culture, the vibe in, in which I'm kind of like jiving. Right. And I would also hope that I could go onto yours at any given time and and kind of peruse around and explore things. And, um, with the open door policy, like we, we don't really have much to hide. Right. So like, even if we do have funky accounts, you know, TikTok, or we're looking at models or, um, we're looking at, you know, weird stuff. Is it still in alignment with our, our partner's vision for us, right? Like, are we still creating a culture, even if we're looking at that kind of stuff that is jiving with the culture that we want to have in our relationship? Like I said, I think it's really easy for people to, uh, intervene in our relationship if there's cracks in our armor. And to me, if you're going too far in one particular category, um, that doesn't really line up with the culture of your relationship, you're going to set up cracks to where like infidelity will become a thing at some point if it already hasn't become a thing. Right. So like I would challenge that particular couple or that particular dynamic to like bring, well, I love for them to see a professional, (laughs) but uh, I would challenge them to bring the discussion up together that says like, 
what do we want the world to know us as, you know, if we're thinking about our, our couple and our partnership in terms of what we're doing on social media, right? What do you, what do you think we should be known as? And do you think this particular zone, this TikTok, you know, obsession with models and, you know, really getting into like the physicality of other people is, is that in alignment? Right. So, um, I like the transparency, like the transparency that says like, Hey, if I did the same thing on my end, do you think like, we'd really have a good culture going for us as a, as a couple, as a relationship? Is that something you want other people to know us by? My first thought when you read that was like, well, what are the comments? But does that matter? Right. I mean, if you really think about it, it doesn't really No. you know, you already <laughs> taken that step of, right. of even engaging at right. all. It's one thing to look and like follow and look and scroll past. It's another thing to me to like it and then take that extra step of Comment. commenting in hopes of what, right? Yeah. What, yeah. What is your end game? Right. And like, like I said, like, how does that change the culture of your relationship? Are you, are you super stoked about like the direction that your relationship will head going down, going down that path? But then also like, what does that say about you? If you're really interested in looking at the physical physique, uh, the outside image of other people, are you insecure about your outside physicality? And, you know, that's, that's something that we could work on, or, you know, is there something about your relationship where you don't feel like you're positively reinforced and you need that attention because you get no attention, right? Um, a lot of people who have been cheated on or, you know, uh, want to cheat, there's the dynamic of the, the cheatee. So the, the partner who's being cheated on, withdrawing or neglecting, or, you know, a lot of times people think that the cheater is the only one to blame, but sometimes, you know, on the opposite end, um, the person who's been cheated on has really like neglected the partner to the point where, um, they feel like there's no other means of getting positive reinforcement or feeling value or, you know, getting some sort of contribution other than, you know, and, in this TikTok case, it could be like totally fake, but maybe that feels better than what they're not getting at home. So I think um, we would need to look at that too, to say like, what, what's going on to where they need that? Are they insecure? You know, is their partner not fulfilling any needs? But I think the conversation starts with, you know, are, are you kind of looking forward to our relationship going down this path of, of this culture? that's going to leave lots of cracks in our armor and is going to make us really susceptible to really negative things. Yeah. Cause it seems like it would be a slippery slope, like with social media, if, you know, if you're willing to engage in comments or things on it, like, is that where it stops? Right. Or like, where does it, where does venture it, into yeah. real life? Yeah. 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 I think it's that quick, you know, I think it's that quick. I'm sure you've had this experience too, Laura, where like, I'm posting something like very professional. I'm posting something, you know, about people's life skills and like coping mechanisms and like making yourself a better human. And, you know, there's people that comment like about my physical appearance or, you know, there's people that, you know, are just super hyper-focused on the outward image. And it's like, I mean, you guys, yeah, guys missed my memo. (laughs) You guys missed, missed the point entirely um, by going for like the physical aspect, like the, that's not where I'm headed, but I think like the physical stuff is just so prevalent on social media and breeding kind of like an insecure culture. Definitely. I mean, yeah, everything's so prevalent. There's TikTok and just Instagram, like the amount you have access to pretty much everything. I mean, you don't even have to look at porn anymore. You 
pretty much can just see it on on social media tiktok and snapchat you pop a tiktok you watch the tiktoks it's you, a good night you watch them titty tacks titty t- <laughs> just all so the titty tacks yeah i just learned about oh, i don't know what discord. that is word yeah there's just so many choices i learned about discord the other day i'm doing a an audio um with captain puffy Sounds tomorrow kind of on magazine. discord oh yeah what's just had a download this is like an <laughs> under <only>. my eyes <laughs> she's a gamer she's a gamer she's gonna yeah we're gonna talk oh, about no. mental health and gaming and how that they they slippery can hurt slippery slippery. Mm-hmm. Like you start gaming too long you, know, you don't leave i dated somebody that gamed too much yeah for a while. yeah he collected he, he had a lot of red flags he oh, also did he also jar. did he also collect pokemon cards he had a jar that mm-hmm. collected toenail clippings you're kidding i dated him for four more oh, months wow. after but the sex was so good. No, it was not. <laughs> no, it was not. But yet, here we are. Here, I did it. I stayed. With did him. he like clip him in your sleep? Were those your toenail know when clippings? He did it. I, no. You're like I recognize that toenail. What the hell? Pink nail polish on it. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> you clipping? Hopefully, God, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> mine always didn't have a foot fetish. I've never dated somebody that liked feet. Yeah, did I've you? never. No, no, I've never been with somebody that yes had a fetish. I always joke about selling feet pics, though. You know, selling. Yeah, because you know, Mama's got to hustle, so I've thought about it. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Have mo- have people told you that you have nice looking? No, feet? Okay. no one has ever told Nobody. me I have good looking feet. But you know what? There's probably like a kink for that. They want the gremlin oh, looking feet. They want the troll feet, Let and I've see. got the troll feet. I got a full flat foot. So- Okay. Look at that. No arch. Somebody wants that out there. This this what size do you wear? Interview has gone off the rails. <laughs> what size do you wear? I wear an eight and a half <laughs> to a nine. Yeah, it kind of looks sort of big too. If I we're got, being honest, well, I mean, you got these small little hobbit feet. So you're saying our feet sizes are six to nine. Six to nine. Cheers. You know what? You could buy one, get one. You come join my. I don't want to be in it, Laura. Fans. No, because then I'd post the picture and then I think about it. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. You'd think about it too much. You're like, but this is getting broadcast to like thousands my to- of people. Like, who's- <laughs> what if they don't like my toenails? And it's like this whole face. So I'm what if they color. see my ingrown toenail? Like, what? Yeah. Well, that's actually true. I do have it. <laughs> I didn't shave. Can you see that? It's HD. <laughs> I have a seven month old. Of course I didn't shave. <laughs> but thank you for thinking I could have. Let's, let's do another kiss. Yeah. Okay. Got? So when I was scrolling through the mm-hmm. millions and yeah. millions, um, yeah, some, a few of these up. Yeah. The there's a lot of deployment. Similar. Um, yeah. A lot of deployment, a lot of deployment, TDY deployment which is obviously what a lot of us can relate to. Some people going through first deployment. Yeah. I think Laura asked about that directly that, you know, just deals with like, Here's another one, like how to best approach serious conversations when TDY are deployed. That's a good one. How to move past jealousy of deployed spouses world travel while you're at home with children. Oh, that's another good one. Some of these people, they deploy to really cool places. Mm -hmm. They're not all Mm -mm. Afghanistan. Mm -mm. I really encourage, um, and this may sound so silly, but I really encourage the live time, right? So like, I'm not even talking about anything major. Like sometimes we come up with scraps in terms of live time, right? So like a Zoom or a FaceTime or a, a Skype or something along that that line. Um, even if it's like a two minutes, you know, two minutes howdy duty in the morning or a two minute wrap up in the evening that says like, let's just get on a live screen so we can like 
you know, like you talked about Sarah, so we can have like some of the the right. tone and the emotional expression and, you know, just like a friendly banter. I think it just helps to like relieve so much of the, and, you know, we can text regularly, you know, on a you know somewhat decent basis and we can email and do all those kinds of things too. But I think like just the live check-in immediate feedback that just says like, I'm here for you in this moment. I don't want to be with anybody else. Don't want to envision any other partnership for me. Like you're my main person, like you're my jam. Like, I just want to like, make sure I'm here in this moment telling you in the morning or in the evening or at some point in the day. Um, so like we have this constant flow that says like, even if we want to reserve, I I often tell my couples to do like a, a five minute soapbox. Uh, do it any point in the day. I like the live time. So either do it in front of each other or deployments. If you're away, do it on a live screen like this, but five minutes where we just talk about like the good, bad, ugly, right? Like we, we put it on a timer. That person talks the whole time. They're uninterrupted. And then we switch and then we take turns, obviously. So both partners get the five minute rundown on the soapbox. And then after we're done, it's like a little bit of a, hey, do you want like support or any feedback from what you said? And we do that, you know, for both partners, giving them a chance. And then we wrap up with like something in alignment. Like, I'm just so grateful I chose you, or I'm so grateful to be here in this moment with you. Or like, I don't give him right? information. I know. And yeah, same. when you were saying that, I was like, oh. I need to do that more. Yeah. And like when I asked my couples, like when was the last time you told your significant other that you were like so stoked to be with them or you thought they were like the most amazing human on the planet or um, you brought back some of those like butterflies and rainbows things that you felt when you like first met them. And most of my couples are like, I can't even remember the last time I did that. You know, I can't. I can't even relate to like the words that you're saying right, the right way now. That you like changed I, Avery's diaper without me having to ask mm, just really, really did it for me. Just, oh, yeah, mm. it's been down slower. Mm, yes. Something simple like that. I mean, like I'm shocked sometimes, like obviously Will is uh, <laughs> my experiment. Um, you know, he gets to see, you know, if any of my tricks work or fail or Stay. whatever. It, Good. Oh, not those tricks. or trained him. Oh yeah. <laughs> Speak. Don't speak. <laughs> any anyway, trick. Yeah, it's just like so cool to see uh, you know, his face light up if I, you know, even tell him something corny, you know, like I just think you're rocking it as a dad. You know, I just can't imagine any other dad that that I would pick to have in my life. You know, I can't imagine our kids like loving anyone in the way that they love you or something simple like that. Like just to see what the reaction is, it's transformational. I push my couples to like mm-hmm. put that positive reinforcement on repeat, you know, like send out that text, like put a note in their lunchbox, put it on their rear view mirror, like write them a love note on the the bathroom mirror, like something to get out this idea that says like, we're here in this together. And like, I, I wouldn't choose any other way. And what would you say to, to the mom that's at home, whose husband is, you know, deployment to Hawaii or wherever with the kids at home, maybe feeling some resentment, what would you say? I mean, I mean, a favorite of mine is to say like, and make this an active conversation that you have with your significant other that's deployed. Like, uh, when you get back from your deployment, I plan on like doing this girl's trip. I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> as soon as I get wind of the actual date, you'll be back. Um, that week I've reserved Greece. for We're myself. going to Greece. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cost $10,000. It's going to be, yeah. And I'm going. I've already booked it. <laughs> but can I go? 
uh, as soon as I get wind of the real date. Yeah. Like it's, it's going to be a thing. So like constantly bringing it back to the service member to say like, like you're living it up right now and maybe you're having a great time. You know, right. I think there's like good and bad uh, things that sure. come from, yeah. you know, a fancy sure. deployment, you know, to Germany, uh, Europe or whatever. I, I don't think it's all butterflies and rainbows, but like live it up. You know, this is your time. This is kind of like your time to work on your physical fitness. And this is your time to, you know, hone in on maybe the Spanish language that you wanted to learn that you haven't learned that you're now using the time for, or you get to game more. You know, I think about like how much gaming Will would do if, if he were deployed, <laughs> especially now, I feel like the man would just be like absorbed by, I don't even know what he's doing some sort of space game right now, but he's something he's like building planets or like destroying them or constructing them. It's very complicated. I, I don't try to get involved too often. <laughs> he like made it. So he communicates in French to like, the people he plays with. So that's always really so entertaining. He's just trying um, to work on the language yeah. because he, you know, you don't use it, you lose it. Right. So yeah. he's just, he's right. Just to, he's just trying to make sure he yeah, remembers. Absolutely. I needed him absolutely. the other day when we had those French people that like tagged us in something. And I yeah, was like, that's right. Real? I need him to translate. Mm-hmm. They did right back. Yeah, they did. Yeah. He totally would too. All I know how to say is yeah. Voulou, vous couchez yeah, he's avec right. moi And what does that mean? Will you sleep with me tonight? <laughs> Can <laughs> you speak French? Go. No, no, I can't speak French. No, I worked my tail off. It was the middle of COVID. And I was in France, you know, with, with two young children. So no, you were just surviving. You didn't just like Rosetta stone it, you know, <laughs> I, that's, a, that that's I'm sorry. I even asked that. that. That's yeah. the number one question that I get from people when they hear that I went to Korea that aren't in the military. Did you, do you know Korean? Korean? No, no. Yes. God, oh. do I know Korean? Annyeonghaseyo. Nay. Anyo. Yeah, I know Korean. That's three words. It. Come somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. Do I know anything else? No. Poor so no. That's yeah. Adios. Any, anytime someone asks me, I'm just like, no. are you kidding me? No, no. I prepped you well in advance that I would not be learning any foreign language because uh, I have no free time. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. But constantly bringing this back to our service member that says, you know, this isn't just a, I, I hang out and never get any of my own needs met or never get any self-care or never get any self-love. It's, it's an exchange, right? So like maybe, maybe the exchange is a little bit longer for you, you know, depending on the length of your deployment, but either during um, encouraging me to find a sitter or encouraging me to find friends where you can like exchange childcare back and forth, encouraging me to find family members that are willing to kind of help out so I can get away for a brief moment, thinking of an exchange there, but then also having an active dialogue that says like, I'm going to need some time away for just me um, as soon as you're able to offer that to me. So like we're, we're trading back and forth. Right. I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, even maybe if it's like play dates with like-minded moms, mm-hmm. so that gives you an opportunity to, the kids can play, right. So they can, can interact. You guys maybe have a glass of wine and then you talk about the things that you share in common, because like, I know for me, it's like, I have, you know, really great, um, high school and college friends Mm -hmm. back home that are like sisters to me. I mean, I would do anything for them, but when, when it comes to deployments and TDYs, you know, they don't always understand the ins and outs and they shouldn't, and they can't, and that's okay. And they're supportive in their own way, but there's nothing like calling Laura, calling Kellen, calling Jess and having that mutual understanding of what's going on, how you're feeling. They know the questions to ask, you know, it's just, it's, there's a difference there. 
So maybe even just, you know, finding moms that can relate and having yeah. a glass of wine and the kids can play and you just talk about it. Just wanting the the push from our deployed um, significant others or, or member, like wanting the push from them too, that says like, please ask me if I've done something for me. Please ask right. me if I've like met friends, please ask me. I think there's also a lot of maybe spouses out there that are afraid to ask or afraid to ask for help or mm-hmm. afraid to yeah. maybe don't have that circle of friends or don't have that net. So having that significant other that encourages you to maybe put yourself out there, yeah. ask for a friend date, ask, Hey, you want to grab a cup of coffee or meet at the open gym so our kids can play or you know, sometimes I think it is important for us as spouses. I mean, as hard as it is, it it does to me come a little bit natural, but I know it doesn't always to other people is just kind of friend dating and sort of, you know, reaching out to people that you don't know and just putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. for a second and, you know, or go to the coffees, go Go to to whatever the events are. Right. I mean, you're not gonna like everybody. That's just a fact of life, whether you're in the military or not. I tell Will all the time, like I I have a long fuse, but I also have a big boom, right? And the big boom is usually uh, caused by me not doing things outside of like my regular routine, right? You know, raising kids and domesticated family stuff. And then also working, I really push Will to tell me like, okay, I I don't want to go to the coffee, right? I don't want to go to this activity or this event, or I just don't want to do this thing with a group of people. Like I'll really push him to like go another layer with me that says like, well, why do you not want to go? Like, are you just kind of like in a funk or in your own head? Or is there like something real? Um, Because I think it's that extra layer from our partner that says like, Eh, I don't, I don't think we should go with like your first gut. I think, I think we should push a little bit harder to Uh uh, get you out there to get some needs met that you even think you don't need right now, which you very clearly do need to meet. uh, So we don't hit the big boom style, but um, just setting. Yeah, certainly. Will is the first one to challenge the Nope. I'm not interested. I don't want to do it. Uh, I'm not feeling up to it. Mm -hmm. I'm in a funk, whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. I've really pushed him to say like, ah, are you sure? I think you should go. I think it's good for you. I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the, you know, the honus is on us sometimes to reach out and make friends, but I think it does put the ball in their court a little bit too, to encourage us to do that. As silly as that sounds, you're right. I mean, and we can promise them, you know, the roundabout kickback is that, you know, we alleviate some of the pressure that's put directly on them by them promoting us to like reach outside of them to get some needs met. Right. So like they win too. This is a win-win dynamic by pushing a little bit harder, especially Mm -hmm. when uh, they're deployed, right? Like still push, like still push to make sure you're asking those questions to say, Hey, are you doing things today? Or did you do something this week to take care of yourself? So you feel like you're regenerated and, and not just doing this on a long lost Island. So for all those listeners out there whose husbands or significant others are deployed, you need to have them listen to this episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> More than happy to answer a DM too. If, uh... and, how, and how would they do that, Megan? How would they reach out to you? They can find me on Instagram, right? So Dr. Underscore Megan, or they could, I have a lot of letters in my name. So <laughs> keep a lookout for all the letters. Um or, or they can go to my website, betterlivesbuildingtribes.com. I thought it'd be fun to switch gears for a bit and mm-hmm. do our, uh, our driving and driving a drink. Yeah. We're, uh, 
Sure. Yeah. Who wants to go first here? Yeah. Okay. So all right. We'll start with um what's driving you to drink? You. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for it. Yeah. Uh driving me to drink. Uh, uh there's so many things. I don't know. Uh, my daughter's school doesn't start until August 23rd. That feels like a huge blow. Yeah. My son starts tomorrow. I'm like really super excited about that. But the, the daughter on the, the 23rd, I'm just like, Oh, why? Cause they're at the same school. Why are they staggering them at the same school? She's younger, right? She's you're, you're younger. She's like an early learner. But yeah, I guess they don't think they need as long of a school year. So they start later and end earlier. Dang. Yeah, I mean, you could see that. So juggling childcare has been real fun for you. Yeah. And that's a complaint from like a lot of the people I'm seeing too. a lot of my clients where, you know, it's just been like really helter skelter the last year and a half as we've dealt with COVID, you know, well, there's, there's yeah. summer in there, but before that, even a lot of like learning from home and learning remotely and like helping them navigate the screen time and, you know, helping them navigate school stuff while also trying to work full time and trying to like separate themselves from the noise and the chaos and the kids and the dogs and, you yeah. know, like trying to still be productive work, work folks. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a trend right now for everyone is like just dying for like things to be relatively normal again, trying to, to have the regular childcare. And just when you think things are going back to normal Delta variant, Mm. (laughs) you know, and what's next in December, it's going to be like, I don't know, the Smithsonian variant. I told people like, we just, we have to take things as they come, right? (laughs) The old Shirley Temple. Temple It's weird though. Cause you taste like cherries when you have that variant i've been told what is that you taste like cherries i don't know oh <laughs> I was like, really I that. no i just made that <laughs> i was gonna say uh, i was like i'll ask my friend katina no, if she no. tastes like cherries no you lose your taste <laughs> i know that's what i was thinking i was now, like so you only taste cherries <laughs> yeah that's a weird thing only taste cherries <laughs> this that's is how it. rumors start laura <sighs> and everyone's gonna be like you hear about that shirley <laughs> I love being at Shirley Temple. Me too. Hey, listen. Should I hit the spot? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, um, had a nice weekend, had some family that came in and we went to a local resort and had a little bit. So they came and they met the kids and got to talk to Ryan for a while. And that was really great. And, and then we kind of had a girl's time uh, for 24 hours and we went to a local place and hit the pool and communicated and did all the great things. And I'm a nursing mom. I have a seven month old Avery and I was there maybe four hours and, you know, Avery eats every about three hours during the day. So I'm there about four hours and we get up from the pool and I open my purse. Like I do, you know, a billion times a day. And I go to plug it in basically with my, my pump, with my eyes closed. And I reach for the part that connects the main part that attaches to the boobs, phalanges. Some, the phalanges. <laughs> And I don't have them. I don't have them. I left them at home. I don't have my pump piece. So I was like, of course, you know, Ryan's like, I'll drive it there. I'll whatever. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. And my aunt um, nursed both of her kids a long time ago. She was like, you know, you can manually express. And I was like, Ryan, it'll be fine. 
I'll manually express. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'm fine. You're fine. Who's fine? I'm fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. Right. So after the pool, get in the shower. I'm like, everybody else do what they got to do. I don't know how this is going to go. Get in the shower, hot water, start to try to yeah. milk myself, my bosom <laughs> and realize that it is so much harder than you think it would ever be. So yeah, it's not fun. The one nice thing I'll say is this resort has um, a huge tub, like massive, like, you know, a bastard could fit in the tub, truthfully. Like it isn't. So I am just sitting in this tub, hot water over my boobs and I'm trying to milk it. <laughs> and then I remember my carpal tunnel kicks in at about, I don't know, minute four, right? <laughs> normally I pump for like 30 minutes each. So I'm just like trying different positions. I'm trying, you know, I'm like bending over. It's getting weird. I'm like, it's just a mess. It is a mess. It is not easy. My sweet aunt comes in and she knocks and she's, they're from Chicago and they just have this thick accent. She says, oh, Sarah, are you, Sarah, are you okay? Oh, Sarah, are you okay? (laughs) And, you know, and then she comes in and she's rubbing my back because I'm like, I haven't seen her in like two years rubbing my back because I'm like milking I've got an intimate knowledge of you now she sure does and um anyway it was um quite extraneous yeah and then I tried it again I was like you know what no I'm fine I can do this and so after dinner we came back and I am sitting in the tub this Mm -hmm. time just with my underwear on no Mm -hmm. water um just like spread eagle basically bent over just trying to get it out and i'm like okay maybe if i get like a rhythm with it so i have like a song in my head right i'm like in the okay more like into club 50 cent oh okay yeah what you need and i'm like trying to do it to the beat in my head right and i just cannot (laughs) i did not feel the rhythm feel the rhyme i couldn't do it yeah it was it was a night it was a total nightmare and i finally waved my flag i tried it again this morning and i was like ryan I, can you please? I know it's like a 40 minute drive one way, please. And so he was, it is the you worst were very nice. Feeling. You watched Kenny so that Ryan could yeah. take Avery. She slept on the way, drop off the pump. I'm very appreciative to you, Laura. Thank you. Yes. Um, and that really saved me, but yeah, that was, um, that was that I, wow. How people did it back then. I will never know. I, think I will never the know. olden days in the villages, you know, if you had engorged boobs, you just what child needs feeding in this village give them a tate yeah right like, jokingly called and was like is there are there any kids that need a feed yeah like, <laughs> just put them on the old tape yeah you know because yeah. they had the milkmaids or right what, is that what they were called what were the i don't know what it was called that, they had like designated yeah, yeah. milk, milk nurse. wet nurse wet nurse yeah thank you bring Megan. me the wet nurse and she always was happy looking and She's like up. way too old to be breastfeeding. Yeah. It's usually like a 60 year old woman, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. I don't know where I'm going with this. She's like a bum just, leg and a weird yeah. eye thing. Yeah. <laughs> she, but you know what? She could breastfeed really well. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so, um, Ryan's mom used to talk about how she would have like the manual pump. She had four kids yeah. and back then they had this manual pump. And I just have so much respect now because that was absolutely miserable. Like my today's are bruised and battered I bet and I was still engorged I mean I was still like pulsing I felt like I was getting a knot if 
you've ever had mastitis, which I had with Kenny or I'm sorry. Yeah. Kennedy. Um, it's just miserable and I avoid it all, try to avoid it all costs. So anyway, on those, you know, for the people that haven't breastfed or or had kids or whatnot, like it, it literally, it's like needing to pee really, 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 really bad. But then like the pressure on your chest, I don't know. It just feels like like your bladder bladder's really, 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 really full. Yeah. And, um, very helpless feeling when, you know, you can't, um, you don't have baby or a machine to help you alleviate that. Yeah. So I will also say the launch on a good milk milking. Oh yeah. When you spring that leak, when you let the floodgates out, watch out, watch out. Don't put a kid in front of it. They're going to get waterboarded right quickly. A hundred percent. But then it kind of became a game and I was like, okay, how How far far can I launch? This was the first go when I was still somewhat optimistic off a balcony, but you're just like, yes, sober milking my boob in a bathtub. Yeah. Just the same. Yep. So anyway, that was an interesting experience and I tried it and realized that I needed help. Love that. Yeah. I've I've never tried Mm -hmm. manual or, um, hand milkage. So, uh, props to Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) I've milked a cow and a cow was easier to milk than myself. Mm -hmm. I believe it. So anyway, that was my, you know, that was my, uh, my rough go, yeah. but it all worked out. You know, he brought it and it alleviated and hopefully hey, your titties are good to go. Good to go. They're back down to their normal a cup size. So. <laughs> uh, what am I dry? I think it's just like the waiting. So we're stuck waiting until the end of the month, basically. Cause the school list comes out at the end of closer to the end of the month. Technically. What is it? ACSC? ACSC. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like when you become a major and want to go to like go leadership to, school, you go to the schools for the leaders. And uh, this is his third look. He's only applied on his third look. So we're just this is like third and options. final try, third and final try. Okay. And um, we find out towards the end of the month, his technically he like, if we wanted to, we wouldn't have to stay in right now. Like his commitments up. We're just, we're given until the end of August, I guess, to like decide if we want to sign the bonus or not. Mm-hmm. and stay in so we're waiting on school i don't know how it's gonna go so it's a lot of unknown uh, yeah yeah and then there Lack was this like control. random gig thrown in where like we could have potentially i don't even like talking about because i'm like i feel like then it's jinxing it even more but there's like a thing where we could have like done an exchange in san diego with like the navy and marines and there were a couple people that were interested in it but like it sounded like we had a decent shot at but then they came back like the next week and they were like, well, the left hand didn't talk to the right hand and mm. they, that might not be funded anymore. So regardless, like you're out. Cause I was so excited about it. Cause he had called me like and said, Hey, like we had this opportunity to go to San Diego for three years. Like, are you interested? You have some family out there. Yeah. I got my aunt, my sister's in LA, my cousin's now out in San Diego. I was like, yes. Like we probably will have to live in a shoebox because even like major BH sucks. Like when you, when you look at like, we can afford literally like a $700,000 home, which is like nothing, mm. nothing out there, but you know, no like putting you, green. Get, you get a little, yeah, no putting green, just like for mica floors, just, just a piece of shit home for the most. Part. I mean, like, it's just, it's crazy what you can get for 700 here versus there. 
anyway, it's not looking, it's looking dead in the water, but I, I'm not gonna lie. I try not to get excited about mm-hmm. stuff like that, but I, I know. So when are you guys supposed to find out about school? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, it, he was making it sound like the last two years, it's been around like the third week of August. Okay. So third week, and then we'll have about a week to decide, like if we're going to say he got Except. in or, or yeah, or he didn't get into school if we're on like an alternate list or not at all. Like um, we have about a week to decide on if if he wants to sign the bonus or not, which like we're we're coming down the wire and we really don't know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it wouldn't be bad to go reserves. I just, I, I don't know. I was like, we've been praying about it, hoping like God will lead us in like one specific direction. Mm-hmm. And so far, like it doesn't feel like we have felt that, like that we're being pulled in one direction or not. Well, the government has a way of pulling you in certain directions. God, yeah. Against That's true. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel like by the time this airs, maybe we'll know. Probably not. Probably not. But uh, that's annoying because I feel like I'm on just like Mr. Toad's wild and crazy ride. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. this is like the most action I've had with the Air Force, like where I'm getting whipped around in a while. Right. And I don't like it. Especially because, I mean, you've been in Tucson for a really long time. Yeah. So it's been pretty like, yeah. you know, kind of easy going for a long time. And then it's like all or nothing. Yeah. In a month, right. in a month, we have to make like fairly big life decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. So. I remember uh, finding out about Blakely, uh, that I was pregnant with Blakely and that we were going to France on the same day. <laughs> oh, God. You're just crying. It was just so bad. It was so bad. Everything about it was just so bad. And we thought like France was a special privilege. No, we actually went to France because nobody else wanted to go. <laughs> we, we thought we were just like so cool, right? Like living the life. Like, I don't even know. I'm not rich nor famous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, joke joke was on us uh, as we saw the subsequent years, they would have to like really talk people into that assignment, like virtually a voluntold. Uh, Will was the only one that happened to check the box that year. So surprise. And you're gonna have a- this guy actually volunteered for it. <laughs> that was the joke. Yeah. What a sucker. Little does he know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you think France sounds cool. Sad. And they were like, Yeah, can you can you talk your uh, fellow mates into like wanting to go to France in subsequent years? And he's like, No, I can't. I won't. <laughs> he's like, that feels really wrong. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. Don't do it. So Gotta love the military. So what's driving you? What is driving you right now? (sighs) Driving me? I don't know. It's just this uh, getting back to like the semblance of normalcy or even if it's a new normal, just like a being able to like feel that way about myself and therefore being able to help people in a better way because it says like, okay, I can I can kind of like wrap my head better around where we are right now and therefore um, it's been a little bit easier to help other people kind of like wrap their mind around where we are right now, you know, encouraging people to like travel as much as they can. I know we're probably going into, you know, a second round or, you know, more chaos and confusion here in the future, but like get, 
The Shirley Temple is making. Yeah. yeah, just like do your best to get out and about right now and see those family members that you haven't seen in a while and, you know, get to the shops that have been closed down, like get some workouts in with the gyms that have been shut down, like do your best to kind of like get out and about before we prepare for something or maybe nothing, but either way, like we don't want to like lose this, this chance right now. So I just feel like a lot of drive is coming from the, like, yeah. let's, let's get out and <laughs> be buck wild for a minute. And then, yeah. and then we can hunker back down again if we need to, but we need a break. Mm-hmm. Megan, what is your buck wild? Yeah, I would what, love to what know. Is your, yeah. What's your wild <laughs> buck wild? I feel like it's book club, which mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 we go maskless at book club. Saddest <laughs> thing. I know. Um, the older I get, I'm going to be 37 this year. The older I get, I just feel like, um, <laughs> I don't know. My buck wild it has to be like toned down. Otherwise I just don't recover anymore. <laughs> at all yeah well that's mm-hmm. i guess no i think yeah. about like drinking just a little bit too much wine and it taking days <laughs> days to, like mm-hmm. oh god yeah cover yeah, from yeah. that experience or you know like working out a little too hard if i went buck wild at orange theory and like <laughs> making up for that that lag for like the next two weeks you know if i put my neck out of alignment do i need to go to the chiropractor now <laughs> to counteract the damage right like did I lift that weight too hard? And I've tweaked my back to the point of, I don't know, did I put like a disc out of alignment? It's just, uh, feels like it's going downhill rather quickly. <laughs> and yeah, you hit your thirties and things get a little weird. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. Hangovers last days. I definitely agree with the whole working out thing. Like I, fuck, if I walk into a gym, I'm sore for like mm-hmm. three days. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Planet Fitness yesterday and I swear my calf is killing me. Yeah. Just, just seeing it. (laughs) Thought about signing up for membership. I know. I asked Will if, uh, you know, he wanted to like start going with me to the gym, you know, like getting a regular routine. And he's like, actually, I'm just like too broken to even get to a spot where like (laughs) makes sense. And I was like, I mean, you have to like do something physically, you know, Pete told you to like do your stretches and stuff, which you've done none of, and, you know, go, go see the magical person to fix you, which you've done none of. (laughs) We have to, we have to like do something. (laughs) I love it. Like they had a full conversation about stretching the last time we saw you guys. Cause like Pete is religious, but he does it in the morning. He does it in the evening. And I honestly, it, it, it makes me giggle a little bit, but the man is limber. Okay, but you should watch these guys before they golf. I mean, you would think they're running a triathlon and like before the, with their stretches. You, you, gotta, yeah. you gotta get all your stretches in yeah. so that you're limber. You, you ever know. notice that? Like when they go to the driving range yeah. before they go, they, they have like, their little yeah, routines, the two of them with the thing. Yeah. They have the club and they do their little, <laughs> little twisties. They're, you know, touch the toes. And I, mean, I don't mean to judge and... because meanwhile, we're drinking White Claws behind them, but. Um, oh, and I, every pretty... day I, you know, my bear, I always like wake up baseline feeling like I got hit by a bus. Mm-hmm. So. They're doing something right, I guess. You know, I haven't seen Will listen to a single soul on the planet about stretching until P came over. So I feel like there's been like some movement. Is he stretching now? Well, he he at least is negotiable (laughs) about the idea. Like I talked him into 10 minutes right before I jumped on. (laughs) So he's open to possibly doing it. I want to see Will do a yoga class. Oh my goodness. It was so funny. I would love to see Ryan. Right before this class, we like jumped on. We did like a 10 minute like yoga stretching thing. And he's like, I'll do this because it's only 10 minutes. And like, what's 10 minutes? Like, you know, I can do anything exactly. for 10 minutes, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. 
uh, we started with child's pose and he's like, well, I can't, I can't like open my legs at all. Like I have to keep them closed. And he's like, this really hurts my knees. He's like, how, how does anyone do <laughs> child's pose? You're like, how old are you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, a really, uh, nice uphill battle. So they, thank you to Pete yeah. for at least like talking him into it. If he Pete, listens to us, I, don't, I don't know if he listens to our podcast. He listens. He's he listens. doing great things. He Pete's yeah. a great parent too. Like Will's always taking <laughs> taking tips <Rocks>. from Pete. <laughs> Although I was given um, strict instructions by Pete to not talk about him. Him parenting or him no, in general? no, like him Just, ever. <laughs> don't talk about me on your podcast. <laughs> I do what I want, Pete. We're not married. Well, right before this, uh, like eight o'clock at night, he's like down there doing home improvement stuff, which I mean, God love him because there's no way in hell I would do that. But I was like, this is the difference between you and I. Like I go to Target to like de-stress. You go to Home Depot. Like that's, I let and Target speak to me. saw cabinets at 8.30 yeah. p.m. He's in there installing like up lighting or down lighting, I guess, in our cabinets downstairs. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. You know, Pete does. I think we should. About There's it. not an LED light that Pete's met. God, that he's he never loves liked. LED he lights. loves a good LED. God, he loves LED. I mean, you so have much. like behind your TV, you have this cascade yeah. of these. And we got our lights. lights fixed in the backyard again after the fucking lightning strike. So like, and then the just... fixture in your um, kitchen, oh, yeah. and then the recessed lighting. Yep, yep, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He loves his lighting. Man loves a good mood. I think he needs to be What's on the podcast every now and then. Just a little, little bit of people. I need to get, a, I've asked him. I have asked him and he doesn't want to. He's like, ah, come on, man. Like it, loosen up a bit. Yeah. Come on in here. Yeah. We don't bite hard. Mm-hmm. I want to do like a, oh, a couple, like, a, like a relationship podcast with Will, but uh, it's been a hard no so far. So we're still in active negotiation stages. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. It is hard to get him to commit to stuff like that. No. Yeah, he'll do like yeah, Instagram yeah. stuff and uh, videos, and that's where he draws. The yeah, line. he'll do like Facebook lives and stuff, but yeah, he's not sure about a regular oh, podcast. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's driving me? Well, I feel like I've talked about this a lot, so I just wanted to give a quick update. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Avery. Yeah, my second. Mm-hmm. She's seven months. And I feel like we have turned the corner in the sleep department a little bit. And I know I've talked a lot about the woes that I've had and kind of sleep training and different methods we've tried, crying it out, her eating a lot and just anyway. And so I just, yeah, she has turned a corner lately, you know, and she now it's, you know, she, the other night she got up once apparently last night while I was gone, she slept through the night. So yay for Ryan all that sleep he got um but yeah so apparently i just need to not be in the house for her to sleep Mm -hmm. only but um but no it's gone it's gone a lot better honestly yeah we tried this uh, sleep sack with the weighted um chest nested bean i believe they're called Mm -hmm. and um i think it's really helped she's yeah we've turned a corner a little bit i think solids have helped too she hasn't met a puree she didn't like um, which is, yeah, she does. She loves food. So that's a blessing too. Um, but yeah, so she wakes up to eat, you know, once typically once or twice. Yeah. And I'm, I'm jazzed about it. You know, she's, we're moving in the right direction. Cause when you're in the thick of it, sometimes it feels like, Oh, this is forever. So this is just how it's going to be. So 
that's not the case. And we have turned a corner and I feel good about it. Yeah. So cheers Love to that. Cheers. cheers. I drank both of my claws, so I have nothing to cheers. Mm. Yeah. I may or may not have had one before I came over. So that's I'm, fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm pregame with a beer. You mm. get it. Your grapefruit shiner. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I, I respect that. I mean, I get it because once, yeah, when you're in the fog of things and the thick of it, like you're like, when am I going to get out of the stage? When yeah. am I going to get the hell out of the stage? Yeah. And it does get better. I mean, it, then there's new things that come up. You're like, oh, God, you know, well, but, forever. There's there are always phases yeah, that they go through. Until we die. Right. You know? But I find that it is <laughs> it's crazy how much more present and how much easier it is to sort of get through hardships when you just have a little bit of sleep. You know, it really can affect almost everything else, at least in my life. So it's just it's so nice that. um that we're finally yeah. there. But if there are any listeners that are still struggling with sleep deprivation, I'd love to hear from you. We can talk it out together. Cheers over Instagram because it's hard and we're all doing the best we can. That means you have to get on Instagram. I'm no. And you're going to have to go live, but you don't have to go live. I don't even like going live. It's fine. I get on the, I put Avery we can, on live. We can not do this, but I get on the messages. Yeah, you do. You yeah. slide into the DMs. Yeah. Collaborations. But yeah. if, I'm saying if they wanted to reach out. No, I get you. Yeah. I'm just trying to circle back to the. To life. the, I'd yeah. have to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to make that connection. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a, a presentation for my kids. Uh, I'm part of the MOPS group in Vail. And uh, I'm going to do a presentation on self-love for them. And I'm planning on talking about the sleep deprivation stuff um, as part of the, <laughs> we, we need to care for ourselves and like sleep is part of that. Right. So it, it makes sense that, you know, nothing else. Will they sit through a presentation? It's not for the kids. So the kids uh, go and and there's child care. Did you think it was, she was presenting to the children? (laughs) Do you know what mops is? I'm sorry. I should have have clarified. Mops is moms of preschoolers. (laughs) I thought... I thought you were about to straight up do a PowerPoint presentation for your two yeah. children about self-love. <laughs> and I'm like, my God, do you have it together, Megan? With a G. You're like, sit I- down, Brandon. Blakely. 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 I would like you, I would like you to hug yourself for five se- One, two, three, four, and five. No, my kids don't listen to me. They listen to everyone else except me, which is great. That's positive reinforcement. I'm doing something right. But no, my kids don't listen to me. So we're not sitting down and doing PowerPoints together. (laughs) I was like, is it PowerPoint? Is it like a a science fair project where it's like those PowerPoint? Yeah. or Pardon? no a triptych i don't even know what those are called anyway, but sorry. yeah I think, will, I, I think i will have a powerpoint presentation for the moms of the preschool no that makes sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah sure i'm like how do you relate <laughs> to could you imagine if we did like presentations for our kids oh, we should sit the four Bailey of them down flicking me off yeah we should time. sit the four of our kids down <laughs> yeah. and do like a presentation about how to share or something they and just off. see what they no, yeah nobody's listening you the worst audience we'll see ever. them all together uh next weekend at wildcats it'll be nice nice fun yeah. but it would be nobody, funny nobody will be listening <laughs> no one will be listening here's why recycling is important <laughs> michael recycled they do like that book um but i don't think they really understand the concept it's just that colorful yeah. and there's pretty pages and so to the moms okay i'm sorry yeah, okay. I moms. Moms. yeah i just want to make sure to cover like the the sleep deprivation 
deprivation stuff too. Um, because I feel like we're not high functioning in any other category. If we don't have like basic needs met, you know, we talk about like those hierarchy of needs, right. in the triangle and bottom Mm -hmm. level tier, right. Is safety, security, food, water, clothing, shelter, that type of thing. So like sleep, sleep is very much a part of that. We're not, we're not doing other higher level category things without sleep. So I want to talk about like different, um, developmental theories too, right. You know, like people that are on the baby wise trend or people that are on the La Leche League of America trend, you know, there's different, different means of conceptualizing like sleep training or not sleep training or, um, co-sleeping or not co-sleeping, uh, not necessarily anything's wrong in particular, but I think we just need to like mm-hmm. know about those options, like as we're going through different phases, so we can see like what works for us. Yeah. And then you should give it to your kids and then you yeah. should video see, it. See how see. long they last. <laughs> yeah. We'll do an experiment. I'll, I'll do uh, an the mops. The mops can hear my presentation. I'll record it and then I'll do it to my kids and see how long it takes for them to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blakely's gonna straight up just leave. She's gonna bounce like within Blakely, 30 seconds. man. That girl, she's gonna who who runs the world? Blakely. <laughs> who runs the world? Blakely. She's gonna be demanding snacks the entire time that you're <laughs> trying to get through this presentation. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. She runs with her posse, Laura, Laura's kids, as soon as they get here. Oh, Blakely's all about it. She's like, This is my crew, man. We're just gonna like all ride yeah. together. They have a good time together. All ride together. Mm. Why am I uh what are we doing? Thankful for? I mean, dr- driving. Thankful for? What am I thankful? For? Thankful, gratitude. Well, I mean, I mean that's similar. Work as a driver. Yeah, yeah. I think mine's like I am open now to the idea of going back to work now that Bailey is in kindergarten. Like work, work. Where I'm like in a, you know, I'm not like what I'm doing now. I mean, I'm doing that too, and then adding that. I'm not doing a good job explaining. <laughs> what are you going to do? No. I'm sorry. I was just, yeah, was, like, I can see you trying to work it out in your head. I know. I wasn't doing. helping you. So I was letting happening? you go. I wasn't giving you anything. I'm sorry. That was about? mean. Yeah. Anyway, um, I have to, do you have like a, yeah, that is, that is goal. I saw that you reached out to mutually dependent I because I read the message. Yep. 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 So I gotta, I gotta work on that. Cause I I'm starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once is that's there a done, particular job that you're aspiring to? Uh, janitorial. <laughs> I mean, that would be all like right. A social too. media. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media, like probably like marketing and in, in social media um, content creation. Like, Lord knows, there's a need for that. Certainly. Yeah. So probably what I'm already doing. I do not have a degree in it, but you have a degree. I do have a degree. Check. Yep. Right. Yep. So you know. Right. Like you could get like a couple of people to sign on with you and like pay you. And I've done that now. Cool. Yeah. Like I have one right now that is a contract for me um, that I do content for them. And I'd like to do more of that. And then that way, like I can still kind of stay at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Make your own I just, hours. I run through my phone and through my computer. So mm-hmm. like that's what I want to do. But I have to, I'm literally starting from like, ground zero like I I need to make a resume and then I got to figure out what to put on that resume because I've got like a decent amount of stuff but you know like making a resume is like an art in itself sure so yeah and it's very specific to the job that you want Mm -hmm. so a lot of people have five six resumes based on the different job that you don't tell me that apply for oh no yeah I like tweak mine every time but mutually dependent will help you yeah Yeah. it'll help me oh I mean I feel like you have 
you have a lot of great material. So they'll just kind of help you just, organize yeah, it. Yeah, I need to yep. put it on it. Mm-hmm. And then yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a little of that and then yep. send it out. Yep. So, so that's that's what I want to do. Well, that's great. Love that. Yeah. I'm excited about the mm-hmm. idea of it. I'd just like to make a little extra extra money. So if I go to Target a little extra more, you know, then can, you I, can buy all those. Yeah tchotchkes all the scented candles i want yep yep Mm -hmm. all that fall stuff's coming out soon well somebody's gotta buy it your house isn't gonna smell like pumpkins by accident exactly love that so that's that's the plan stan way cool i can help you with resumes Mm -hmm. too stuff laura if you need that what don't you do megan i don't do i don't know i don't recover from hangovers anymore (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, that that's not successful. So, uh, kind of hung my hat on that one. Uh, when was your last hangover? Oh, that's a good. You know, one. this is kind of a gnarly story. I don't even know if it's like something I should share. <laughs> and, and there's two friends oh. on the planet that were there with me, um, so they can attest to this actually happening. I'm sure they're they're giggling if they hear this. But the princess, I don't know if you guys have heard about it in Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, yeah. Columbus Air Force Base. Yeah, the princess, like mm-hmm. nightclub, dance club. Um, it was girls' night, right? So just an extension of like coffee, uh, you know, hanging out with mm-hmm. girls in the squadron. I went out with two friends and uh, Will drove us there and dropped us off and, uh, you know, say la vie. And uh, he was expected yeah. to come pick us up when we were done. Um, don't have any clue what I drank. Uh, I felt like I was roofied at some point. Uh, no. No no. recollection of the whole thing. And uh, Will picked me up and he said, like, lights were on. Nobody was home. (laughs) He he knew that I had drank way too much. And uh, I had mushrooms for dinner, I guess. And I. Is that what the kids are calling them? We're not talking about shrooms. Yeah. No, it was like chicken and mushrooms for dinner. And Will said I um, puked all over the master bed. Um, It was mushrooms everywhere. And on the the bed, like sheets, comforter, uh, through the hall, down to the bathroom. Woke up the next morning in my robe in the guest bedroom. Um, Mm. Apparently, I wanted to take a shower with my clothes on. And yeah, so that was was about the last time um, that I really needed to test whether or not I was fully capable of... uh, I don't know, messing up my life. <laughs> messing yeah. up my life. So yeah. um yeah, I don't know that uh I think it took me about a week to recover after that. And uh yeah. I don't know that I've yeah. been there since. So yeah. like, and when was that? A couple was, years ago. So well, uh, it was at least three years. Kids. Maybe maybe three and a half. Uh, it was pre-kids. So four, four and a half yeah. years. Yeah. This has been yeah. fun. Thanks for coming. Oh, sure. My pleasure excited for the girl the kids birthday party yeah you know we got that to look forward yeah. to <laughs> i know we mentioned it before but if you'd like to share again where everybody can reach out to you on instagram and your website yeah sure dr underscore megan so m-e-a-g-h-a-n all the letters and then uh better lives building tribes.com you can send me a, a message there there's like a contact form on my website, but, uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Pinterest. So yeah. Yeah. We love the chat. Pleasure as always. Yeah. yeah. Welcome anytime. Cool. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for help. Cheers. Yep. See you guys.